Hello, and welcome to Roll and Roll. Grab a chair and pull on up to the table. I'll be your host and dungeon master, Brad Hendrickson. And as always, I'm joined by my fabulous cast of friends. How's everybody doing tonight? Fan freaking Good, we're doing good. Doing great over here. It's great. Uh, just to help keep, keep track of whose voice is who, give a quick introduction uh, around the room. All right, uh, so I'm... Darrell Greisbaum, also known as Azarbo. Uh, I'm Seth Michelson. I play the character, the beloved character <laughs> of Petricor. I'm Tesla Michelson, and I play uh, Safina Wildheart. I'm Austin Darren, and I play the whimsical Dripim, <laughs> aka Drip. God bless. <laughs> it's good. All right. Um, I don't think we have any announcements tonight, so let's go ahead and dive straight into the campaign. So let's grab our dice and roll up an adventure. Yep. I wish I had a camera on me because I did like a really intense eyebrow hook with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Last we left off, the threads of fate had begun tying together a motley crew of uh, sailors, or now understanding cloud sailors, under an eclectic and adventurous Captain Dagon Lux, Azarbo, Drabim, Petricor, and Safina gathered together uh, in, a, in the port city of Miriam, hired on to join uh, Captain Dagon Lux's crew on the Harlequin. But before they could leave port and begin their first journey, they had to sneak around a a uh, woman in a red dress and red gown uh, firing off lightning bolts and electrocuting people rather consistently according to lux that was a not a friendly person though he hardly gave a really good reason why but y'all managed to sneak around her get aboard the harlequin and y'all discovered in that moment uh that it was in fact a levee ship a flying craft as it pulled itself out of the dock um but before y'all could escape uh, the woman did get off one more lightning bolt uh, and splashed it across the bottom of the vessel before it began speeding away from port. Uh, with everybody now on the bridge, which was on the third and lowest deck of the Harlequin, y'all all now stand as Captain Dagon Lux in his long leather coat and a cavalier hat with a feather uh, coming out the back of it. Um, now kind of locks down the navigation wheel, turns around at you, and just with a big old grin on his face, he's like, Welcome to the Harlequin. You didn't mention the Harlequin wasn't really a boat. Like, at all. I could have, sure, I brought it up at some point, and he kind of has a smirk on the side, on, on the corner of his mouth. Okay. We can Thanks. can we see through the floor? Is that did you say it was glass? There is glass um, towards the bow, uh, kind of a wraparound pane, uh, sets of panes. But the lower part underneath you is wood. Oh okay. Uh, Savvy's she's a little unsure of being up in the air right now, and she like nervously scoots to kind of look out the windows and look down. Uh, you look down and you can watch as waves, uh, probably about. 200 feet below, uh, kind of gently caress the top of the ocean. I don't know if I like like being up this high. Never been up this high. This is a big difference. <laughs> I, 
think that's everybody at this point, though, yeah? She's oh. doing some calming breathing exercises right now. And as you say, uh, I think that's everyone. Uh, out of the corner of your eye, you see um, your, your beloved friend, uh, Drip, just <laughs> captured by these runes um, of, of the ship. Uh, and, he, and he's going to try to study them. All right. Um, there is uh, the main pedestal that was kind of in front of you. The one that you kind of gently push forward that kind of rocketed the ship forward. Um, uh, give me an arcane check. Arcana. All right. Arcana check. All right. That's mm. going to be a mm. 15 plus 5. Mm. So 20. Starting off strong. 20. Mm. All right. Um, it's You understand this to be dwarven design. Uh, these are kind of dwarven glyphs. Uh, and you can read from it that it has somehow connected to something called thunder geodes, power release, and you can gather that this is some type of control pedestal for whatever mechanisms seem to be at work in the levy ship. Okay. Zarbo is getting curious now and wants to approach the uh, pedestal that was pushed in at the last one and kind of wants to start doing like a slap chop action to it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're, you're gonna do what to this little pedestal? I'm walking over there and I'm doing like the slap chop, you know, rapid tapping, slapping on top of it. Okay. As you slap the top of it, the centerpiece, which y'all can now kind of tell is uh, between his arbor and drip, is kind of a sphere kind of embedded in this pedestal and it kind of rolls back like a mouse wheel. And uh, as it moves, you feel the ship kind of following the direction of the large center rune. And the captain kind of turns and is like, cut that out. How oh, soon? but that was such fun, Captain. <laughs> okay. How, how soon before we re reach Cowie? It'll be about uh, three, four days until we reach the Kawat port on Cowie. Hmm. Do we have yeah. a, a place to stay on here? Uh, yes, the first floor. Um, and he says, eh, let's do a tour really fast. And you watch as he unclips some type of rope ribbon uh, oh, off of his belt and sets it back down by the navigation um, wheel. And he's like, and he kind of looks down at that belt, looks at y'all, and he's like, oh, oh, but first, uh, this way. And you watch him go back away from the glass panes in the navigation wheel past the pedestal and to the ladder that led down in here and he says uh right this way and he goes up the ladder uh to the next deck up uh, i follow as well yeah. okay so y'all all follow up the ladder um and he y'all kind of pop out to see him walking towards the stern towards the back and he opens up a door steps inside and then reemerges with four belts uh kind of hanging from his arm and he kind of lifts them up to show you guys like cloud sailors belts and he walks over hands one to each of you uh and once you all have one he kind of points at his and he said this is for uh connecting to different points on the ship so in case it spins lists falls it uh keeps you kind of attached into one place and he points to uh, some railing that kind of is dispersed throughout the entire ship. You're now noticing that there's railing kind of everywhere, a relatively human hip height. 
and mm -hmm. every now and then you can see these uh, kind of uh, straps with hooks on the end of them placed intermediately throughout. And he walks up to one, hooks up to Bell, just like this. So that way you don't go falling and tumbling about. And he unhooks it and sets it down. Uh, so y'all might want to put those on. Is it my size? Is there uh, enough uh, little uh, notches that I can make it fit? <laughs> uh, I, I have a very small waist. Um, you All do right. see that there is kind of a cinching mechanism, but there are kind of like four connection points that when a normal person is wearing mm -hmm. them, it's kind of like cross-sectioned on them, uh, you know, not mm -hmm. perfectly on the side of their hips, but two on either side. When you cinch yours down, you're down to two. There's one on your left and one on your right. Uh, or they're kind of like paired up because you've cinched it down. It's wrapped up on itself. It's that you now only have contact points on your left or on your right. Okay, good to know. Mm. Um, I, I walk over to Safi and say, Safi, it looks like you have a little bit of extra belt on you. Um, maybe I can help you with that. Um, and then I say, do you, do you have a knife, Safi? I've got my scimitar. Can you cut this off for me real quick? Sure, Drip. And I pull out my scimitar and I start cutting where he's showing me to cut. Thank you so much, Safi. <laughs> uh, and then I want to try to um, try to add that to a belt and to, to try to make one um, for Petricor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the belt is big enough that it already uh, does fit Petricor, though it is pretty tight. Like so 12 feet wide? <laughs> not 12 feet wide. Hey, I'm not 12 feet oh, wide. Uh, and I'm like sucking it in. Like I've got my chest like heaved all the way up and my waist is as tiny as it can get. <laughs> oh, look, Drib, you've made himself conscious. You know how he feels about his weight. <laughs> well, yeah. sorry. Sorry, Petricor. Uh, I guess my mind is elsewhere. Uh, and I want to put on the belt. Uh, it's like, Captain, um, those runes down there, are you a magic user? Do you understand how the ship is run? I understand a lot of it, but I'm not a magic user myself. I uh, never had a knack for uh, the arcane arts. Is this a common type of ship? Common? No. There's probably maybe about 50 privately owned levy ships in all of Aquilium. And how did you get your hands on a ship if you're not a magic user? If you did not build this ship, who did? Uh, this ship? She's a third generation levy ship. Combination of both the dwarves and the elven design. But uh, this was made uh, from the Shu family over in Karator. One in the card game with a big old grin on his face. Of course. <laughs> and I kind of squint my eyes and look at him a little bit more and say, is, is this, did you beat the, the bald lady for this ship? <laughs> no, no, I didn't beat the, uh, the red lady for this. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. All my questions for now. <laughs> Uh, okay, Drip. And he begins to walk away. Captain, He's you bored. said we had, what, four days on this? Ah, uh, yes, four days to get you turned into proper cloud salesmen. And women, 
Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, do you happen to have some spare metal and leather and yeah, bits and pieces hanging around on the ship, or uh, <laughs> is it as trim can, as it can be? Uh, you kind of watch him scratch the back of his neck. I generally keep uh, things pretty minimal. Try to keep the ship uh, light. Um, so I don't, I don't have a lot of extra stuff around. What are you trying to do? Uh, I'd like to make something for the crewmates here. I, Drip and I have the benefit of having claws, but um, the rest of you have soft fingers, and it's cute. But I figure <laughs> we can uh, maybe make that a little bit more, well, a little less of a problem. When you say that, Petricor starts to examine his fingertips and rub them. <laughs> the captain kind of looks at you, raises an eyebrow, is like, you don't plan to put claw marks into my ship, do you? No, not your ship, <laughs> but perhaps other things. Well, uh... He kind of points to the closet that he just came from. Just about anything in there goes, uh, unless it looks like it's already part of something important. I may need some help determining what's important. <laughs> Most of it's important. Maybe after you show us some ropes, we can figure out what actually is important. <laughs> That sounds, sounds good. good. What are we? What do we need to be doing the next four days? Well, for the next four days, I hope to acquaint you with the Harlequin, and that way you can fly her in case you need to come in the restroom. Me, and he kind of smiles once again. I I walk back after I hear this, and I say, I whisper to Peshkor, "Do you think? Do you think he navigates in the stars with this?" Uh, well, I don't see a star navigator like we saw in the shop. You should ask it. <laughs> <clears throat> That's a good idea. Uh, excuse me, Captain. Uh, yes, Patrick. Uh, do you have a star navigator? In Astrolabe? Uh, yes, I uh, use it on occasion, but mainly I rely off compass. All right. Just want to make sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, checking up on me. Appreciate it, Patrick. Any kind of pat you on the shoulder. Yep, no, no problem, Captain. Uh, I've got another question. Uh, is there anyone else that works on the ship? Nope, it is uh, just the five of us. I've been flying solo for quite some time. All right. So, like, hypothetical, um, if you were to die, who, <laughs> who would fly the ship? Well... A grim thought. I hope not to die anytime soon. Right, hypothetical. Hypothetical. Well, no one could fly it right now. That's why, until we get to Kawat, I want to make sure y'all are fairly familiar with the controls, with all 135 feet of this beautiful ship. All right, fair enough. Shall we begin? All right. Well, first, let's do a basic tour, and he kind of rubs his hands together. Right now, we're on the second deck. Uh, first deck is on the bottom, second deck is in the middle, third deck is on the top. Second deck, and he kind of kind of fla uh, flares out his hands to him. Towards the start of the ship, we will have, uh, you can see that this is our kitchen area and place of relaxation. He kind of points over to an area where there are some cabinets, uh, some type of stove system. 
um, and also a table and chairs. Beyond that, towards the stern, is the boiler room where we have a, uh, a boiler, of course, and mm-hmm. where it gets very cold high up in the sky. So I keep some lumber, some coal in there to light up. And there are some pipes that run through the ship to kind of keep it nice and warm uh, so we're not freezing our, uh, our teeth out. Uh, and he points towards the bow. That direction is the cargo hold, the most important part of the Harlequin. Without that, we make no money. She is a transport vessel. Uh, and he kind of starts walking past it. Um, and you can kind of see what divides the middle from the stern to the bow is the ladder that g- connects to the ceiling of this floor and goes down into the bridge. And he walks forward through a door and y'all stand in by far the largest space of the ship. It's both the first and second deck. It's uh, relatively empty. There are a couple of round, uh, sets of crates strapped down. There's a, a long one that's probably about five feet wa- uh, five feet long, uh, and it's strapped down as well. You can see different ropes and hooks and things to to hold down any type of cargo. Um, you see some fruits and some uh, supplies. It's big enough. Uh, some of y'all are guessing that maybe you could even get a, a a small carriage and a horse team to actually fit inside there. And he points towards the bow. Uh, and remember, the ship kind of has a flat nose. It's kind of like a manta ray. And he says, uh, the front door is there for any time we're docked at a cloud port. We can actually open that up and take things directly at the front. And then he points straight above him, and you can see the doors that had been uh, open before y'all left uh, Miriam. And he says, that is the traditional way that we get in cargo in and out uh, when we're at a water port, which is most of Aklium. Uh, we'll move cargo in and out that way. And he says, back this way. And y'all walk back into kind of the kitchen area, go up a set of stairs. Uh, and he says, and this is y'all's quarters. And you can kind of see the entrance that y'all all came down, which is towards the stern of the si- uh, ship. Uh, there are um, four room, four doors on either side. And he opens one up, and it's a small, relatively small space. It's got a, uh, a hammock and a dresser and a mirror uh but it's like a small dormitory room and there you can kind of guess that there are eight of those and so this is the third deck and he points towards the entrance that y'all came through he's like that is the normal way to get in and out of the uh top of the ship now anytime you go up there and he walks up the stairs and you can see by the door uh you can see a bunch of uh straps with hooks um for y'all's belts uh, make sure you've got one of these with you and you crank up the railing and he points to uh, these two little hand cranks by the door. And as you're by the door, you can now hear the wind rushing over it. Uh, and he says, anytime you go out there while the ship is in the sky, I highly suggest you crank this. The railing on the top of the ship will come up, attach, and that way you don't, you know, fall off into the sky. That would be kind of a bad thing. He uh, walks away from the door. And he takes y'all back down, uh, down the stairs, through the kitchen area, down the ladder, back into the bridge. And behind the ladder, he points, that is my quarters. Con- uh, knock on the door anytime, uh, but let me open it. And I will uh, come out and speak or let you in. And this is the control area. And he kind of gestures to the whole space. Y'all probably can guess what that is. And he points towards the big classic uh, navigation wheel with all of its spokes. And you can see it's kind of currently locked into a position by some device. 
And he points mm-hmm. to the pedestal that's right in front of him. And is like, these, this pedestal here, he taps the top of it, is uh, what controls the thunder geodes, which is what is keeping us aloft uh, right now. And he points to the four wheels that go down it. These four wheels adjust how much power is coming out of the geodes. And this uh, sphere at the top that rotates, that controls which direction the force is coming out of. And then over there on that lever, and you can see there's a lever now that connects the bottom of the floor. It goes up to a handle, reverses directions, and connects to the top of the ceiling. That controls the ether wings. Now, the ether wings are the elven part of the design. And he kind of does a little flourish with his hands, and he's like, Now, those things are currently popped out and pulling ether from the air and helping this ship stay aloft. Uh, You pull it back, and it folds them away for when we're in port. And if you push it forward, they open back up for when we're in the air, and it helps us stay aloft. Does this all make sense? Until you said ether wings, I was following everything. And he's kind of got a big grin on his face, like he's showing off his favorite toy. <laughs> yeah, Safi's a little lost with all that uh, technical speech, but she can admire the pretty runes for now. But you did say the geodes were dwarven. Uh, yes. Are we going to be uh, needing to visit the dwarves to see those fixed or maintained at any point? Uh, getting into any dwarven colony, especially the main kingdom up in the north, is nearly impossible for any visitors. Uh, but I do know a couple people out and about that can uh, deal with and repair any damage that happens to the Harlequin. Well, at least on the dwarven mechanic side. But are they dwarves? Oh, one or two, yeah. Good man. Okay, thank you. Uh, no problem. So, and he claps his hands. Any more questions? Um, Drip is kind of looking around, not near him, kind of bored. He, You can tell that he already kind of understands the ship already, <laughs> oh, uh, even though he's, he's, he's never been on one before. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> but he's just fly. kind of like poking at some runes. Uh, Captain, you mind if I take a hand at it then? All right, well, that's what I was going to do next. Any volunteers for duties? I'll spend the next few days teaching someone how to deal with the dwarven end of things, how to, and then somebody else to stand at the wheel and navigate and pilot. I'll uh, take somebody else and show them uh, some of the other mechanisms that keep the ship with aloft. Um... What does everybody want to do? Pick your job. I'm nice like that. <laughs> I want the dwarven things. Well, I don't think I can steer the ship unless you've got a crate that I can stand on. <laughs> so, you know, just take that into consideration when assigning your duties to what I can actually do. <laughs> I mean, we could bring up a, a stool if, if you do want to fly. <laughs> Then you watch him kind of like scratch the back of his head like, oh crap, forgot about that. (laughs) Drip, did you want to do the, learn the mechanics of the ship or do you want to fly it? Uh, um, Any kind of like size. Uh, So you're saying I have to do one of those two, one of those two things? Do you have another idea? 
No, 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 not at all. Uh, and he says, take your pick, and I'll, I'll grab the ladder. Well, you seem to have already played with the pedestal the once, so I'll teach you it's, uh, all the ropes for this. How about that, Drip? Sure. All right, and then we're going to need somebody who needs to learn how to pilot. So unless we get Safina a stool, he kind of looks over at Petrichor. <laughs> Want to learn how to fly a levy ship? Uh, no thank you, Captain. Yeah. The stool it is. <laughs> it's a stool. <laughs> and he kind of like sits there for a second and then kind of smiles like, all right, what the hey? Uh, and you watch him go up the stairs, gra- and, or up the ladder, come back down, uh, drops a stool in, follows it in, and sets it up by the navigation wheel. Um, and then he kind of grabs Drip by the shoulders and pulls him over to the, the pedestal with the dwarven runes. And he starts clipping uh, the two of y'all in by, there are straps that are both by the pedestal and the navigation wheel, which are both in line. So Drip, mm-hmm. you're kind of now staring at the back of Safina's head. He clips y'all into position uh, and he says, um, remember, whenever you think they're going to be doing any type of dangerous flying, like we kind of did a little bit earlier, make sure you clip in. Uh, bad thing to be standing at either of these controls you do a turn and you roll away and then the ship goes places that aren't wanted good to know thanks captain all right and so he comes up to you safina and he shows you uh he unlocks the navigation wheel and he puts your hands on it and he says now these control the lower two ether wings that hang out on the bottom of the ship uh, and he kind of shows you by pulling on the thing that the sh- ship gently kind of like turns and banks uh, with the wheel. And y'all go through this for a while. He shows you where the compass is and how to kind of read degrees. And he sets you on the course for Kawi. And at this point, he turns around and you can see the drip is absolutely like he drips almost yawning at his stand. And you got like, okay, drip. And he starts pointing out how each wheel connects to one of the four uh, uh, thunder geodes that keep the ship aloft. And by playing with how far the wheels are turned, how much power comes out of them, and how rolling the sphere in the middle kind of darts the ship left or right. Uh, and it takes only about five minutes for for sure. Yeah, Drip, <laughs> Drip figures it out pretty quick, and like the captain keeps over explaining, like, "No, no, you you got it." And Drip's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, stop." Staffy's sitting on the stool very stiffly, still uncomfortable with. No, she's, she's standing at. on this. She's standing. On oh, she's standing. Okay, she's standing very stiffly then. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like, all right, so the two of you now got to figure it out together. And he spends the next as uh, uh, he kind of spends the rest of the afternoon now kind of working between you two as y'all learn to get the ship to bank and roll and to have uh, smooth turns to dive low to come high. And y'all kind of work on y'all's teamwork uh, in making in navigating the Harlequin. And then after a while, he's like, well, that uh, looks like you two have it. All right, uh, Safina, keep us on the course that we have. Drip, don't get so bored that you dive us into the ocean. Uh, aye, aye, Captain. Ah, good uh, response there, Safina. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Um, while they were learning how to navigate the ship, uh, Petricourt kind of, not sneaks off, but he... He goes exploring to find the kitchen. Right. Uh, he climbs up the, the ladder at some point, and he goes back into the kitchen area on the second deck. Uh, right. And he, Give me an investigation check. Okay. Not good. 
two. <laughs> uh, you find you open up the first cabinet and there's a loaf of bread there. All right. Um, can you give me a description of the kitchen? Like, how big is it? How what kind of what kind of facilities am I? Is the ship equipped with? Um, it's kind of a narrower space like it's one wall is the kitchen and then behind you is the table and chairs uh the kitchen center itself is all along one wall there is a place for some type of stove uh, that if you throw wood in or coal in it'll heat up and then you can cook on top of that you can see there are uh, kind of pinned down in racks a couple of different skillets and pots uh, and different utensils and then in the cabinet space itself, um, you can assume that there's probably food supplies uh, along with on one end, there is a barrel that's like bracketed into the ship um, and you open it up and you can see that it's full of water and you kind of tighten the top back down. Okay. Um, after he finds the kitchen and the loaf of bread, which he leaves on the shelf, um, <clears throat> he's going to try and find the bathroom. All right. Uh, he um, kind of moves around the second deck and kind of doesn't find anything. Walks up the uh, stairs that lead up to the third deck, top deck, and uh, he goes all the way to the back. And then he finds what is probably latrine, and he opens it up, and there's kind of a seat with a hole. Okay. Yeah, so he inspects the seat. Does it go? Is it just open to the to the air? Uh, no, but it smells a little bit foul. Um, mm, and then, okay. investigating the space, you find a lever on the wall, and you kind of pull on, and the bottom under the hole kind of falls out. To, oh man! <laughs> like uh, a bird. All right. Uh, well, he <clears throat> after. After relieving himself, he returns to the uh, bridge. Okay. the lever. Does he flush? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he steps out, goes back down, and at this point you can hear the captain uh, giving good jobs to both Safina and uh, Drip as he is kind of stepping away from them. And I would have liked to have gone exploring the hold and just sort of peeking around and seeing what all's in there. All right. Give me an investigation check. Okay. Uh, that'll be a resounding five. Uh, you explore <laughs> the space. Um, a lot of the crates seem to be sealed, uh, and the ones that are unsealed are like food, and you can see like apples and different fruits nestled in like hay. Uh, you also find some dried meats, um, but nothing that like piques your kind of curiosity. Everything that you would like. Your tabaxi curiosity wants to open all the crates that are closed. Mm. It is sorely tempting. I'll have to ask him if it's important soon. <laughs> um, okay, I will. I will head back to the uh, to the, the control room. Right, so you come back down to the bridge. You uh, you and Petricor kind of meet, and y'all both go down. Uh, where the captain turns to you guys. Uh, have you found you're starting to get used to the the, uh, the layout of the ship? A little bit, yeah. Oh, good. All right. Well, back up the stairs, you two. And he takes y'all to the middle uh, deck once more. 
uh, takes you into the hallway, past the closet where he pulled out the belts, into one more door, and he opens it up. And the second he opens the door, the both of you can hear the hum of magic or the hum of kind of power. Uh, what do we see in there? And as he opens the door, you can see there's some type of uh, long box made of both wood and metal uh, and some type of covering on the top. You can see as there are bracers and uh, things with kind of some runes on them going into the wall and kind of passing through the wall and closing off. Uh, you can assume probably going to different parts of the ship. Um but you can definitely tell what's ever in that center box, which is probably about six feet long and uh, two feet wide and about four feet tall. It kind of stretches all the way to the back. Uh, you can kind of almost see the that thing vibrating. Okay. What are we looking at? And he kind of taps the top of it. He's like, this is where the mithril stones are held. This is where all the power that keeps this ship in the air comes from. Inside, there are six slots for it to hold six uh, mithril stones. Now, these things are made by the dwarves, and they like to charge out the wazoo for them. Uh, they kind of have a monopoly on this stuff. But uh, currently, right now, there are four in there, um, which is exactly what you need to get this ship in the air. Without four, this thing falls right out of the sky. So it's either four or falling, period. It doesn't just, like, y there's no progress down. You just fall. Uh, it depends on how much power the others are putting out. Um, now, technically, there's enough power and one mithril stone to get this ship in the air. But mithril stones are very unstable. If they put out any more power than they currently are, they go kaboom and... Then I have a giant hole in my ship, and I really don't appreciate that. So, to keep things nice and stable, to have the right amount of power coming out of them, we spread it out across four. Okay. And how do these connect to the geodes? And he points to the bars that are coming out of the case. Um, those pipes uh, in the roads have uh, arcane works on them that go and connect to the different uh, geodes. The pedestal downstairs actually only controls the shutters that are in front of the geodes. The more you open them up, the more force comes out. The more you close them, less force comes out. But here, the power is consistent. So this ship doesn't have anything that... It doesn't follow the wind, really, at all for power. It, it's all being forced out of the rocks. Uh, yes. Um, some of the work comes out of the wings themselves. Kind of, uh, helps make the ship more efficient. Now, those wings can be used to kind of move through the air, and trust me, a strong breeze will send the Harlequin in a completely new direction. Okay. Well, how do I make use of these, then? And he, he walks uh, over and he says, uh, we're in the sky, so I don't want to open them up. They're in use right now. But uh, you can open them up based off how much light they're giving off. Tells you how much longer they last. Generally, a stone will last about mm, a month on its own. But with four in there, we should have juice for the next four months. Okay. 
So is it about a month of, a month of stone added all up, and that's what we've got? Yep. Okay. Right. So, enough of the uh, technical jargon. It is getting close to dinner time. Uh, and kind of for the, the unless y'all have uh, some other curiosities, um, for the sake of brevity, we'll say that we can kind of pass over the next few days. I think um, Drip specifically wants to ask the captain. So, Captain, you you look like a smart enough guy. Um, do you have any books on the ship? Any uh, interesting tomes? For, my tomes are generally ledgers that keep track of all of our transactions. Hmm. Have you ever come across any magic items that may be on the ship? Uh, there actually is one. Uh, and y'all are kind of now sitting around the table having dinner. Uh, he says, Down, you saw the big lever that connects, that uh, controls whether the ether wings are in or out. The bottom one, if you notice, had the runes all over it. I call it the ether cloak. And he kind of has like a twinkle to his eyes. Now, when it's working, and for some reason it didn't work earlier today, it causes the whole ship to become untouchable as we slip in between the ethereal and the real plane. Cool stuff, right, Drip? You know, oh, this does sound interesting. Um, maybe if you let me borrow it, I can, uh, I can try to get it working. Uh, you'll have to completely pull it out of the ship. It's kind of built in now. Let me deal with that. <laughs> it kind of looks at you like, when we're not in the sky. How about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. How do you know all this, Drip? That's an order from your captain, not in the sky. Yeah, but my answer was yes. <laughs> what gave you any impression that I had other intentions? <laughs> the, the tone of your voice, maybe. <laughs> He's got to roll an insight check for that. <laughs> you kind of looks at you, just like, narrows his eyes, like, okay, Drip. And he kind of keep an eye on you. <laughs> Captain, which of the boxes and crates in the it, it, can I open? Oh, uh, in the hold. Uh, I, there's a few, but there's a, uh, some that we should keep closed for our customers that have asked us to transport their goods. Do we have to keep them closed? Because we could open them and then close them again. Uh, I, I mean, I have my reputation. To, to think of uh, as our book. But if they don't know that we opened them because we <laughs> closed them again, then your reputation's all good. Give me a persuasion roll. Okay. Uh, that'll be a 10. A 10? Um, yep. The guy that looks he's like, Azarbo, no. We're, we're, let's not open any crates and risk getting in trouble. Okay. Well, in that case, how about the ones I can open? <laughs> can so, you show me the ones I can open? Uh, yes. Uh, after t dinner, maybe tomorrow, we'll go through the hold. We'll do an inventory check. Me and you, we'll open some crates, and you'll get to see what's inside. That sounds delightful. Oh, um... And can you show me what's not important in that closet after dinner first, maybe? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and he kind of sits there, leans back in his chair. He's like, 
He forgot what it was like to have a crew. Safi goes up to Petricor and taps him on the thigh. Uh, yes, Safi. Petricor, I was wondering if later when we retire to the bunks, if you could maybe lower mine about oh. three feet. Um, it was a little higher than my head, and I might have difficulty getting in later. Oh, all right, Chaffee, of course. Thanks so much. I just needed a little bit of help. Um, Petricor, during these few few days, would like to catch the captain um, alone, kind of like away from the others. Oh. <laughs> all right. Um, does? Yeah. All right, so uh, the next day, um, Zarbo and, and the captain go through the hold, uh, take inventory, open a few of the crates, and you can see inside some are... Uh, more food goods. Um, another one seems to be a set of uh, tools, probably like a blacksmith's tools. Um, but most of them he keeps closed. He just kind of looks at the brand or burned in kind of identification on each box and kind of keeps track of it into his ledger. Uh, and then he takes you to the closet, finds some old uh, pieces of gears and uh, broken off parts of ship, and he hands you a small bucket full of uh, metal chunks, mainly iron, to Azarbo. And as you can see uh, Azarbo going off to do whatever he is, Petricor, you catch uh, the captain in the kitchen. Uh, Captain, do you uh, do you have a, f a few moments? Uh, of course, Petri. What's up? Uh, well, uh, everyone else kind of learned how to fly the ship, and uh, I don't really know what you need me to do well i was kind of thinking about that last night petri come on and he goes up the stairs and up to the, the exit to the top of the deck and he throws you a strap uh and said you know tells you to hook it onto his belt or on your belt and he hooks another up on his own holds the free end and you watch him open the doors and the second the doors open just whoosh, air kind of blows past you you're kind of cloak blowing in the breeze i suggest leaving anything down here you don't want to fall um, I assume at this point all of my stuff is probably in my room. So, uh, yeah. And then you watch the captain go on both cranks uh, and crank, and you can now hear the railings on the top of the deck, uh, the top of the ship go up. And he steps out and quickly goes over to a side railing and clips in. And he says, come on, Petri. Um, apprehensively, Petricor uh, follow, follows him out. All right, so you go and you clip in. And then kind of with a grin on his face, you watch him jump off the side of the ship. Uh, one end of the rope attached to the railing, the other attached to his belt. Come on! And you can hear his boots uh, hit the side of the ship as he's now kind of oh, propelling okay. down okay. the side so I can, of it. I can still see him? Uh, yeah, you lean okay. over very slowly. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can see him. Uh... Drape, we need to save the captain! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Petri, come back. come back, I'm fine. Just... The, 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 the strap, the strap's got me. Uh, Captain, are you sure that's uh, safe down there? I'm sure, Patrick. Come on. But I weigh like 350 pounds. How much do you weigh? Uh, that's rude, but close to 200. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I suppose if I fall, uh, tell Drip to give my wages to my family back in Moss Timber. All right, Captain. 
Uh, yes, Petri, I'll make sure that gets done, and you can kind right. of hear him yelling as the wind rushes by. Right. Um, and then kind of like kind of like a toddler climbing into a, a plastic pool in their backyard, uh, he attempts to climb over the edge uh, safely. He goes over the edge of the ship, ship uh, kind of goes down the, the, the side, and you watch... Or you can see now you kind of get next to the captain as you slowly give slack to the strap and he's ah, good what you don't realize is that inside drip you're frantically messing with the wheels to balance the now weight of petri all on one side of the ship 500 pounds of weight apparently ah, drip what's going on why are we tilting down here uh but if you quickly uh, adjust the wheels uh, board as you quickly okay, get it fixed and then you kind of stand there and kind of wait. Uh, but Drip, or sorry, uh, Petricor, you're now on the side of the ship and you can now hear the hum of one of the Thunder Geodes. And mm -hmm. you watch the captain go further down and kind of under the belly of the ship. And it right. kind of points uh, to one of the Thunder Geodes. And what you now see is a shutter like on a camera that kind of an iris shutter uh partially opened and you can see inside a bright greenish blue uh geode um kind of giving off energy and then he's kind of starts telling you your job and starts showing you how the shutter works how it opens how it closes how to manually do things how to inspect and you watch him climb back up go to a different part of the ship go down on the next side of the ship to all four positions of the geodes Shows you how to open and manually close the uh, the wings that are both under the ship and on the side, six in total. Uh, and so that kind of um, gives you the job of mechanic. Because okay. you have, you know, it's strength. As you watch, one time is to try to manually move one of the shutters. It takes a lot of force. Sure. Um, while I'm down there, I just kind of want to do, I don't know if it's a check or not, but I'm, I'm going to like examine the bottom of the ship to see if it's like clean or dirty or, uh, you know, is, is there stuff like, is there like, uh, what do you got, like muscles? Is it muscles that grow on the bottom of ships or something like that? Uh, is, there, is there any of that? Barnacles. Yeah, give me an barnacles. investigation check as you investigate okay. the bottom of the ship. Sure. <clears throat> 17. Uh, as you look under the bottom of it, you come down on the other side, the starboard side, and you you and the captain both noticed this huge black streak uh scorch mark um on the kind of the stark white paint of the harlequin uh stretching across uh, from one end to another oh uh, captain that doesn't look very good does uh, it no that's uh generally that's not there what happened and he kind of sits there for a moment I think that's from the lightning bolt that lady threw at us. Hmm. As y'all have uh, this conversation over the wind. Right. Uh, do you think it damaged the ship? Uh, I really hope not. But, I mean, she did give a strange lurch when we left. And the ether cloak's not working. Hmm. How do we fix it? Well, I, I don't know if there's anything wrong. I just... And y'all kind of work down these straps, uh, releasing gotcha. some slack, and you go, and you can actually see there's a crack in the hole now, uh, oh, where this my. scorch mark, uh, kind of its blackest and thickest part is. Okay. Cool. Well, let's get back inside, and maybe we can see what we can find out. And you watch him start climbing back up the side of the ship, 
and then eventually y'all make your way back inside. Okay. Stuck in the bottom with uh, Drip all day. Safi's just going to spend her time asking Drip for stories <laughs> of all the, the places he's seen, just to hear some outside perspectives on his adventures. <laughs> he seems like a learned man. Do you actually ask me so, those things, or? I didn't know if they wanted to take the time. I was just gonna say, like, I ask you okay. for stories. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Bonding. I think in his bonding. response, yes. he makes up half the stories that like he tells you, <laughs> uh, but but in other ones, he tells you about um, interesting artifacts he's come across, um, cool races that he's met, the languages that he's learned along the way. Um, and is kind of curious about um, your take on magic. So we are having a conversation about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'll go into detail about being raised um, in the forest and my mentor, Eldon, Eldon who um, was a druid and how he taught me um, the basics of uh, like the importance of balance in nature um, the, the healing arts that I know, taking care of creatures in the forest, um, the importance that like magic does serve and like the strength of, of, uh, magic around us in just the earth, um, that I have used for small things so far. Um, and then I ask him if he's ever come across, um, oh, drip, you're right here, drip. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever come across um, like an entire people being like decimated? I have strange tracks on the ground. Um, uh, let me see, like uh, almost like a sap-like um, substance kind of caught on bushes. Have you ever heard of anybody ever being killed like that or like entire villages of people? And as he begins to, to think about this, uh, Brad, I have I have the feature called Researcher. I'd like to attempt to recall <laughs> a piece of lore. If I don't know that information, I often know where and from whom I can obtain it. Usually this information comes from a library, scriptorium, university, or a sage or other learned person or creature. Your DM might rule that the knowledge you seek is secreted away in an almost inaccessible place, or that it simply cannot be found. Unearthing the deepest secrets of the multiverse can require an adventure or even a whole campaign. <laughs> but I want to know. Well, what, what are you trying to figure out where... Do you have to like make a roll for that? Nope. Are you trying to think of where you could find the information of the thing that she described, or is there something else that your mind is pondering? Uh, I either want to know if Drip already knows this information, um, because we're pretty early in the campaign, or um, or if he remembers hearing about something like it and would know where to obtain that information. Um, you don't personally know anything about this, but before you came to Zelostasi, uh, back when you were on Karator, you tried to actually get on a different levy ship an elven levy ship to get up to the floating continent of Mithrandis, uh, which is an, the high elf, uh, one of the main high elf continents that in the floating archipelago. And it is supposedly there a 
large library that can maybe rumored to have pretty much knowledge on everything. It is the the uh, the supreme uh, collection of knowledge, and that's kind of your first place that you think of. If, if anybody knows anything about this, it would be up in Mithrandis. Hmm, Zavi, I I haven't heard of this, but I think I might know where I could find this kind of information. I did. Is that what happened to you, to your people, or are you just curious? Well, I don't seem to share your level of curiosity with all things. Um, that is what happened to my village. I am trying to figure out what has happened to them and if, um, if there was any survivors, um, what this beast is, you know, to help prevent it from killing off the other um, villages and people in the area. Well, you know what? This place, Mithrandis? Mithrandis. We can um, actually go visit Mithrandis. Um, There is is a large collection of information, the greatest known, and perhaps that's where you can find your answers. I'd be glad to accompany you, um, because I'm also interested. Um, And it looks like we're the ones steering this vessel. (laughs) We could just chart a course. Well, I... uh, On my way to... Um, Miriam, I encountered a, a very strange woman um, who appeared basically out of nowhere in the forest um, and she did tell me to um, start seeking answers on Cowie. Um, I was just curious if you had ever come across anything like that in your travels. Not so far, okay. but I'd like to help you through your journeys. Thanks, Trip. If we can't find much in Cowie, uh, going to Mithrandis sounds like a good next step. The only item I'm looking for is that of mythical, I mean, excuse me, magical. It could be <laughs> mythical, magical value. Um, and so, yeah, I'd be happy to quest with you. Thanks, Rip. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Cowie, you can now see, because y'all are kind of on the end of your third day of journey, you can now actually see an island coming up on the horizon. And with that, uh, Petricor and uh, the captain come downstairs uh, into the um, into the bridge. Drip, guess what? Uh, what? I walked on the side of the ship and underneath it, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Captain, tell him. Uh, Petri was quite brave and uh, got out there with me on the side of the ship. But uh, we're going to pick up the pace. We need to land as soon as possible. Oh. Uh, I can fly in a straight line, but how, how do you how do you land this ship? That will be on Drip. Uh, Drip, you'll have to let us down easy with the uh, controls. Uh, for the thunder geodes, but not an open ocean. They're not safe. Do you mean like this? Uh, and I'd like to like <laughs> I bomb, like dive just a little bit, but then like straighten back out. Okay, you uh, kind of uh, bring the thrust down on the thunder geodes, kind of shutting off the the shutters, <laughs> and the ship just drops fifty feet. Just 
And for those who aren't strapped in, Zarbo, as you're quietly tinkering in your room, you just go, "Wah!" Kitty <laughs> uh, claw up into the roof, release the claws, drop back down on the floor. Uh, parts on your little project everywhere. Uh, suck it. <laughs> not okay. I really wish oh, I had claws uh, when you did that. I was, just, I was just practicing, Captain. Sorry about that. You can kind of see him get frustrated, a little vein on the top of his head. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to put her down easy, Captain. You okay. can trust me. Thank you. I, like, look at Drip. I'm like, can we really trust you to land this thing? <laughs> and I ignore all the glances. <laughs> um, and as y'all are now kind of getting speeding towards the island, Safi, you feel the ship beginning to slowly start dropping. Good. Drip, do I need to steer in any sort of direction? I'm definitely tethered in here. Uh, what do you mean? Do I need to do anything to help us land? You seem to know what you're doing. I'm just um, holding on to the wheel. What I need to know, Brad? Uh, that you haven't touched the pedestal since that little trick. And you can now tell that the ship is beginning to lower. Well, it, it looks like uh, we're losing power. It's not me. I didn't what? mess up. I'm, I'm not doing anything. Then once again, um, Azarbo in your room, the gravity kind of drops out for a second. And <laughs> your stuff begins floating as you bump into the ceiling once more. Down on the bridge, you can all now feel the ship beginning to drop uh, as y'all come up up. Uh, y'all were kind of angled over to the north side of the island, uh, which is now getting closer and closer under you. Uh, Drip, what are you doing? I think I would investigate the geodes to see if um, the power is still coming out of them at the same, I don't know, what a, what a, the same voltage <laughs> of these geodes. So, Drip, you want to go check on that? Uh, Aren't they right in front of me? Uh, no, you're at the control pedestal. If you want to find where the power comes from, you'll have to go up a deck back to the ship uh, to kind of like the, the power bank. Yeah, I'm, I'm running around looking for the cabin because <laughs> this crap is not cool. Uh, as you come out of your room, you watch as the captain is going up the ladder to the second deck uh, with Drip. Are you following or are you staying at the pedestal? I think I'm staying at the pedestal. Okay. Uh, Azarba, Don't leave me, Drip. Let's call him on the comms. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and you follow uh, the captain um, uh, Zarbo back to the uh, uh, last room, and you watch as he kind of for a moment takes a second. Oh, bad idea! And he flips open the casing, and it's uh, nothing seems to happen. And you kind of hear him curse under his breath. So, what's the problem? No power. Um, and he goes over, and you watch as he pulls one of these mithril stones. Uh, out from its socket and you can see that it's shattered and what would be generally like a clearish uh a yellow glass clearish yellow is charred and cracked uh how do we fix that we don't right so we're crash landing how do we do with that best well we need to keep and at this point y'all can all see that the ship is coming out of the sky at a pretty good rate and he says Generally, we should be falling slow enough that it won't hurt too bad. But the problem is, is if we hit with the wings out, they're going to shatter and break. 
Okay, how about this then? Uh, well, you think we should pull the wings in and then just hope that we hit less than hard? The wings <laughs> are what's keeping us in the air right now. Well, we're going down anyway, aren't we? We'll go down faster, a lot faster. Okay, I'm following your lead, whatever. <laughs> and you see the, the captain there like pondering for a moment, and he's like, we're going to have to fold the wings in at the last second, I think. Unless That's anybody... what I was saying. <laughs> Oh, at the la- you didn't say at the last second, Azarbo. Well, you said right now. I didn't think you're doing it now. Made any sense? And at there this was obviously a breakdown like, in communication. What was that drip? No, that was that was me. Oh. It's it's okay. Keep going. Keep okay. going. And at this point, Azarbo is and the captain are back in the bridge with everybody else, and the captain looks at Drip. All right, wizard, what you got up your sleeve? Uh, I start wow. checking my sleeve to see if there's anything up them. Oh gosh! <laughs> you see your furry cat armpits. Trip. Oh, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Captain, uh, let me check. And then I, I don't know what the hell. Um, well, Captain, I know, <laughs> I know some spells, but I'm not sure that they'll help us here. Um, you know how to make things I... fly? You're a wizard. Right, and you're a captain, and your ship is broken. <laughs> but I'm not. Not mad at you now, are we? Oh snap! Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't make all of us fly. And at this point, y'all can now see that the water is probably an impact within 30 seconds. Say, so, well, boys, I'm gonna clip Sabina. in. All right, uh, you watch as the captain runs over to the handle and he starts pulling it back to try to uh, pull the lever back that closes the wings. He's like, I can't. Without the magical assistant, I can't seem to pull it back. Uh, Drip, if I die and you live, uh, there's a small gold, uh, small pouch with gold pieces in it. If uh, if you could take it back to my family. Petricor, help me with the lever. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to. Get over there, Petri, right now. <clears throat> All right, uh, I make my way over there. In the last few moments, you are now all kind of feeling that queasy, sick feeling of falling. Petricor, you grab onto the lever. Give me a strength check. Can we I think uh, I really Drip like is falling. also going to go ahead and cast Mage Armor on himself. <laughs> uh, just in case. Shimmering light kind of dances around you and it kind of engulfs your body as you cast Mage Armor. And Azarbar, are you assisting? Yes, please. All right, uh, Petricor, roll with advantage on this strength check. As Petricor, uh, don't mind if Zarvo, I do. Zarvo comes over and tries to push on the lever with y'all. All right, it's going to be a 22. 22? Yeah, buddy. 18 plus 4. Nice. Okay, as y'all sit there and you can feel now hearing the rushing wind and the now absence of the, th- 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 of the thunder sound, you, you hear the captain as you pull on it and say, wait, wait. Do now! And uh, all three of y'all push hard on the lever to pull it back. And it chunk, 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 And the wings drop, and then the last 10 feet is just a rock. Y'all, you don't realize how slow you'd actually been falling from, you know, the few thousand feet in the air that y'all were. All of a sudden, just drop out and into the water. Uh, you watch as a huge crack. Uh, dances up the side of one of the panes, uh, but the glass seems to hold. At this point, you can now, with the glass cracked, you can see that the glass panes that are around the bridge are probably about half an inch to almost an inch thick uh, worth of glass. 
Um, also, I need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, by the way, by the way, this isn't safe. Hmm. Drip made a 16. Azarbo made a 10. 10 for Petrichor as well. Where's my dexterity? It's right here. 18 for Safina. 18 for Safina. All right, as all of you uh, kind of uh, anticipate the impact, um, y'all manage to, to hold yourselves and at least not slamming your head into something or uh, flying up into the ceiling. Uh, but it is a, it's like going across a speed bump in a truck at like 50. Uh, right. it, not wearing just, your seatbelt. Not wearing your seatbelt, yeah. Like checking your head on the ceiling. Um, and eventually it takes a moment as y'all are jarred, but you feel the ship kind of settle into the water. Uh, Frank, what I really don't like flying, guys. Uh, wow. Does anybody remember how close to the island we were? Um, I saw the island, so we must be pretty close. I don't know. I'm really glad we're out of the air now. Maybe I was being thrown around my room with all the metal pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about I that. I'll unhook and I'll walk up to the top to see if I can see the island. All right, you uh, go up to the top, uh, look out, and you can see that there is, uh, the island is probably half a mile away in front of you because uh, y'all were coming around kind of the north end of it. Uh, and you can see that there's probably some large lagoon uh, on this side of the island. I yell back down the hold. I can see the island from here. It looks to be about a half a mile away if we can get over in that direction. Does the ship even work like a normal boat? Uh, not really, not without the geodes. They could push us through the water, but without any mithril stones, this thing's not going anywhere unless somebody pulls us. Do you have any paddles? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no, I, I don't. No spare um, boats? No extra paddles? Uh, Zarbo, you do remember that there is a small boat inside the cargo hold, though. Like a small little kind of dinghy. Okay. Uh, well, I have a thought, Captain. How about um, we get, we get the, the little boat out, we put it on front of this, and maybe... You, me, and Petricor can invent some, uh, well, rather, how about I invent some, some paddles that can take some of the tops off these boxes and turn them into paddles, and then you, me, and Petricor can make use of them and try and push toward the island. So are you suggesting that we paddle like a tugboat with a little boat and pull the entire Harlequin to the, to the shores? It's what I've got. <laughs> oh, I, think I, I think I can swim that far. And pull a boat? Well, no, but I can swim that far. I can go get help. Um, with that, uh, that y'all, those who are downstairs, you watch as something swims in front of the glass panes. What is it? Uh, give me a perception check to see if you can turn <laughs> and see it. Quickly. This is out of the, the corner of your eye. You just saw a movement okay. past the paint. Okay. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Who is located where? Uh, it's. Unless are we not all together? Moving, everybody's down on the bridge except Safina. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm looking around. Drip okay. got uh, 18 as well. 18. I got a flat eight. Flat eight. Petricor. Uh, and it was perception. Yeah. 16. Uh, Petricor and Drip, y'all kind of turn to watch as you see some type of humanoid riding atop of a hammerhead shark. Hey, uh, Petricor, did you just see that? Uh, yep. Drip, did you just see that? That was weird. Yep. Uh, Captain. Yes. Uh. Who has turned away from the window panes and kind of <clears throat> back at y'all. In a hypothetical sense, <laughs> if uh, we saw a person riding a shark outside, would that be bad or good? <laughs> Depends on if the mermaid was pretty or not, but probably bad. Right. Well, uh, the what? hypothetical situation I was referring to is actually a real situation <laughs> I was referring to. That's not good and safina at this point you watch as two heads surface from the water uh and then eventually a full body kind of comes out and they are two fish-like humanoids with kind of fins on the tops of their heads their eyes a pitch black uh armored in some type of shell uh with like sea urchin uh thorns attached uh both of them holding spears and you can look through the water and see that they're riding hammerhead sharks and they are approaching the the ship. Oh, hello, hello. And I like wave my hand to catch their attention. And they see you standing atop and they kind of pick up spade and lean forward kind of in these really makeshift shadows that the, saddles that they have on top. And they you watch as they both hop off their sharks and start swimming towards the ship the last we kind of few feet. We seem to be in a little bit of a pickle here. Would either of you be able to help us out and get to the island, get what, our ship to the island? What is this thing that comes onto our land territory space? <laughs> We're so sorry. We, it's Our ship is, is broken and it was going down and we just tried to land it. We didn't know where we were landing it. We're trying to get to the island over there. And they level the spears at Island, are you with the half-elves? No, I'm just a gnome. I we, We're just travelers. We, we, we transport things. We're not with, with the elves. I want to go upstairs. All right, so Drip, you Same. pop out as you hear the feet, kind of a uh, pair of feet starting to step on the top of the ship. I'm coming as well. Zarbo's up. <laughs> And are we seeing this immediately when we get up there? When you get up there, you watch as at this point, they're both leveling their spears and they ask Safina if she's with the half-elves on the island. I have my hands raised in the air in a very uh, innocent manner right now. Safina, who are your new friends? I'm not sure, but I think we're in their territory. We landed on their land. Um, this is not land. And I think one it's of them their land. Like turns his head to the side as you say it's not land. He's like, it's all land. I would like and to. We put my... will take this ship. Right. Well, 
crossbow is out. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm going to walk up uh, about 15 feet from them. Uh, I'm going to say, gentlemen, um, it was not our intention to get on your land. However, if you want our ship, it's broken. Um, although we ha- we would have to make a deal. Nope. Bill, it's ours now. And I want to look at him, um, bat my eyes a little bit, um, put my hand up to my chin and say, well, I was thinking that we would strike a deal. Um, And then I say, "Um, what about your friend? Um, And and I point to him and I cast Charm Person. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Is that a wisdom saving throw? Yep. All right. Meanwhile, Petrocor is running to his bedroom to get all of his stuff because he was outside the ship and didn't bring his spear or his hand axe <laughs> or anything. Uh, all right, as you start shuffling, uh, you rolled a 14. Okay. So it's going to be against... Your spell okay. DC. Okay, let me double check what that is. Ah, my spell DC is 13. Oh, yeah. As the magic kind of goes through his ears for a moment, he looks at you beguiled for a moment and then blinks his eyes and uh, you watch as he's rearing back to throw his spear. And with that, we will roll initiative. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Okay, okay. First combat of the campaign. I've got 16. Petrichor just go last because he's not he's not there. Uh, well, <laughs> you'll need go ahead and roll initiative, and you can okay. move on your turn. I got an eleven. No, twelve. Excuse me. All right. So, uh, what was that? Uh, drip. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Sorry, guys. And Safina. Twenty-one. <sighs> Azarbo. Rolling well today. Out of 16. 16. Petrico rolled a 12. All right. Uh, Safina, you let me go over to the map. You stand on top of the deck about uh, towards the. Let me adjust you. Uh, kind of towards the door. Mm, uh, that is incorrectly named. Um. Hold you off to the side here. Murph. Who's Murph? And I have no idea who Murphy is. I promise I named all of these correctly. Uh, (laughs) And you said uh, you're about 15 feet away. (laughs) That looks good. Okay. And then Zarbo, do you like where you're at? Kind of closer to the entrance door? Uh, I figure I would have come up. Well, wait, they, they had approached them, correct? Uh, they had kind of moved in a little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll stick where I am, and that's good. Okay, alright, so, Safina, you're up first. You're probably about, what it looks to be, uh, 30 feet from the farthest uh-huh. one of these sea humanoids. Okay. Um, she yells down into the hold, Petrichor, grab my quarterstaff. 
and then she uses minor illusion to um, cast a so I can create a sound or an image of an object within range that's 30 feet um, that lasts for up to a minute it ends if I dismiss it or cast a spell again I can create a sound um, someone's voice create an image of an object no larger than a five foot cube and any physical interaction reveals it to be an illusion um, okay. and they can examine it with a successful intelligence investigation check um, I'm just gonna use it to cast a voice behind them like a, a, a big gruff voice that says hey you guys to try and like distract him and make him turn around for a second <laughs> very manly hey, you guys. all right <laughs> thanks uh, guys hey you guys over here uh, <laughs> um they do uh for a moment turn around and they seem to be caught off guard by whatever noise was uh going on all right so that was your action are you gonna move in um um no i'm gonna stay right there but as my oh shoot i don't have my quarter stuff i can't do a thing yet okay. yeah i don't want to move any closer i'm good all right so as you uh stay by uh the entrance to go down deck um it will be azarbo it is your turn Excellent. as you kind of stand between safina near drip and then the two sea monsters about 10 to 20 feet away for you all right, I'm going to go sword and board out, rather, uh, and putting crossbow down and charge immediately toward this guy on the right. So you run uh, up to the first one. Yep. And I'm going to, uh, why not? I will do an attack on him with the scimitar. All right, make an attack roll. Okay. That's going to be 15. 15. That hits. Roll for damage. Nice. And we go. Oops, six. Uh, I've got eight. Uh, eight total? Yep. All right. Uh, you run up scimitar in hand, get a nice wide swing as it kind of turns around to hear the rushing footsteps. And poof, you kind of hear one of the shell uh, pieces of armor crack under the blade as it bites into the skin. Yeah, buddy. All right, um, and then that will be its turn as it turns to you being attacked. Uh, spear in hand uh, will take one attack with its spear. Would a 12 hit? Not even close. All right, and <laughs> as he misses with the spear and you dodge it, you watch as his teeth, full of razor-sharp like needles, come reaching for you. That was even lower, so <laughs> duck out of the way. Uh, both the spear and the mouth uh, missing. Uh, Drip, uh, your turn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cast um, Fire Bolt at the one on the left. All right. So the one that his uh, Azarbo hasn't engaged, the one that's kind of a few steps yep. behind. All right. So Hurl Molt of Fire um, with the creature in range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, Tire takes 1d10 fire damage. So. Alright, go for it. <clears throat> okay, so I rolled a 12 plus my modifier, which is a 5, so that's 17. Alright, 17 hits. Okay, I'm going to roll a d10 mm -hmm. real quick. Okay, I'm going to do 3 damage. 
<laughs> as you quickly flick uh, a fly or a uh, fiery ember, poof, it smacks him right in the head, leaving a nice burn scorch mark on his forehead. All right, uh, Petricor, it is your turn. You are still down below by your uh, get. You've grabbed up all of your equipment. You're kitted up. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, well, I'd <clears throat> I'd also like to grab Safina's quarterstaff from her room as I hear her voice echoing down the passageway. I would say between a movement and a dash, you could lean into her doorway, grab the quarterstaff that's resting there, and then kind of meet Safina at the entranceway. All right. That's what I'll do. Okay. All right. And you pop out and you can now see these two fish-like humanoids with legs, but also long tails. Uh, uh, kind of flipping back and forth as Azarbo is now in combat with one. Another one is scratching his forehead where kind of a little bit of smoke seems to be coming off. Um, uh, sorry, Drip, did you move earlier? Did I, did I miss that? Uh, you, you didn't ask, but yeah, I moved. Okay, sorry about that. All right, so Not you kind of went back towards the stern of the ship. I'll get um, as far away as I can. Please, please. <laughs> we got to protect our squishy one. Okay, um, the one that you threw a firebolt at kind of uh, rubs the, the burn mark on his head, um, looks around, and oh. he's going to start moving towards... Uh, he's going to rush up to Safina, um, and kind of, since his brother seems to have a Zarbo handled, uh, and he's going to make a attack at the gnome that he first met when he got onto the ship. First with his spear, would a 13 hit? Nope. Uh, you duck out of the way as this spear kind of comes uh, rushing at your head. That's crazy. But followed by a bite, which once again, I rolled less. Uh, you watch as his mouth open up as a row of needle teeth comes running, uh, coming for you. And you kind of just throw your staff up in between. He bites down on it. All right. Uh, back to Safina. Um, with him in front of me and my quarterstaff in hand, I use Sh Shalila? Am Shalea. I saying that right yet? Shalila. One day I'll get it, I promise. And I cast that on my quarterstaff, and then I just use it to just whack him right in the side of the head. All right. Uh, make an attack roll as oh. you feel the staff begin to vibrate with power. That is an 11. <laughs> An 11. As it comes in, he throws up his uh, spear in the way. <laughs> you hear both wet, uh, wooden, wooden shafts connect and a crack. Ah. Alright, so bonus action to cast Shalala. Attack action, any movement. Nope. I'm just going to stand my ground. Okay. Um, uh, Azarbo, it is your turn. Petricor, you'll be the next player character. Right. Zarbo is going to attack the guy in front of him again because why not? <laughs> All right, as you've watched the other one kind of rush by, you can hear the sound of combat behind you. One at a time, and that's going to be a, uh, well, a 24 hit. A 24 hit. <laughs> yes, that will hit. <laughs> okay, excellent. And we're going to go for damage. It's going to be three, six, nine total. Nine total? Yep. All right. You get uh, another kind of bob and weave under his continuous like attacks and you poof, get the tip of your scimitar uh kind of right under his rib cage and you can feel it sink in a little bit and you pull it back out 
right. Um, that was your action. Any bonus action or movement? Uh, for a bonus action, I would like to uh, stick my tongue out and wag it at him. <laughs> a little cat tongue comes out and wiggles at the, the creature. And you can watch as <laughs> even that sign seems to be universal and he becomes infuriated. Uh, all right. And it will be its turn. Infuriated by the, the, the wiggling tongue, a little pink cat tongue. Uh, he's going to take a... <laughs> first, he's going to try to bite down on you. His maw opens up. Uh, 14. Nope. Uh, once again, you throw up your shield. And you can hear a tooth uh, break. <laughs> and even Snap. Lower um, still. I think I rolled an 8 with that one. Yeah, an 8. As his uh, uh, claws come around, uh, trying to pull the shield away from you, but not having any purchase. All right, uh, Drip, it is your turn. Cast right, Fireball. Up. Petricord, you're after this. I misread my notes. That's fine. No. Ooh. All right, uh, I roll a 16 plus 5, 21. Uh, another Firebolt. Yep. All right, you flick another uh, flaming ember that you know, appears in your hand. Five damage. And five damage, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, this time you hear it as it splashes against the, the creature's shoulder. All right. And then uh, any movement. Uh, how much more of the ship we got? Yeah, I'm going to keep moving back right now. <laughs> and keep moving towards the stern. That's right. All right. Uh, your full movement or just a little bit? Full movement. Full 30 feet back towards the stern. All right. Oh, my lanta. Uh, all right. Uh, Petricor, it is your turn. Um, yeah, so Petricor just probably just reached the top of the stairs, threw his court, uh, threw Safi's quarter staff to her, and then uh, <clears throat> sees that guy like trying to bite her. Hey, you! And uh, I throw my spear right at. Him. So as you're coming through the door, you uh, chuck your own spear at him. All right, make an attack roll. Natural twenty. Nat oh. twenty. Get wrecked, fish man. That could be our Lay first nat twenty of the game. I'll have to go back and listen. All right, uh, roll for damage and whatever. Roll the dice. All right, I'm all excited. I'm all excited. Oh, no, you should. Sure? This is awesome. Uh, roll all the dice and then double the roll number the and then add your modifiers. Okay, cool. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's just gonna be a d6, I believe. Yes. Uh, okay. Ooh, sweet. Five. Doubled would be 10, plus mod fire of 4, for a solid 14 damage. How do you want to take I got that mode. Yeah, okay, cool. So he's running up those stairs, right? He's just he's running, he's pounding, he knows he's, he, there, there's something scary up there. He saw it swim by the window a second ago. He runs to the top, throws the quarterstaff, and like with that momentum of running down the hallway, he just whoo, throws that spear as hard as he can, and like as it's trying to bite at Safi, bite down towards Safi, it catches just a, a mouthful of spear. Mm. <laughs> All right. As Sof uh, Safina, you hear the thundering footsteps. Uh, you've already grabbed your staff, you're blocking. You know Petricor's on the way, but then just a and as a spear passes by your shoulder and up into the mouth of this creature, and you watch as it goes all the way through pushing this creature up into the air, gargling and poof, onto the deck and just doesn't get up after that. Mm. Okay. And then I'm going to use my movement and um, run toward Azarbo and the other uh, uh, creature. Okay. Uh, and as I pass the fallen creature with my spear in its mouth, I 
oh, I'm gonna need this. And uh, I grab it out of his mouth and uh, I continue running all the way. Hey, Zarbo, I'm here to help. You pull the spear out and make the way. Uh, Zarbo, you notice uh, the large form of Petricor coming around. Um, and it will be that cre as you run up, it sees uh, somebody coming into an engagement and it will continue the fight. Uh, 16. Does a 16 hit you with Zarbo? No. Man, that armor class. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was its uh, spear. And it'll try. Nope, that was lean. This should hit a 19. Does a 19 hit? I have a 19. That hits. Okay. Finally, these guys. Uh, that was its bite. So. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Is it going before me? Yeah, this is the. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. This is incorrect. Y'all killed uh, the second one. This is the first one, so it wouldn't be attacking. This would be Safina's turn. But I will That's keep right. those. Uh, actually, I'll just say I'll keep those rolls if its turn comes around. All right, Safina, it is your turn. The spear, you've watched. Uh, you know, we go back in time a little bit here. You watch as <laughs> Petrichor rips the spear free from the creature that was trying to kill you. Mm hmm. Um, Right, so she sees that they've basically got the other guy uh, cornered, and she's going to try and distract him again with another um, minor illusion. She's going to create a um, several little butterflies. So she casts out her hands and like makes butterflies appear in front of the other merfolk's face to kind of like distract him. Okay, so uh, kind of blurring up his uh, his vision a little bit. Yeah, um, I like it. For the sake of right now, though, I'll research it more later. We'll say that he'll fight with disadvantage as cool. butterflies kind of seem to float into his face. Hmm. Right. That's right. Cool. That is all I want to do. All right, as Zarbo. All right, uh, I'm going for another. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of maneuver to the side. Um, so we're squaring off corner and corner. So he's got to look. Two ways, and then I'm gonna go mm. attack him again yeah. with a nat twenty. Oh, oh there wow! That's okay. what I'm talking about. Okay. Zarbo, they have a weak spot in their mouth. For the <laughs> for the fun of it, though, I know you're already gonna take him down. Um, let's see how high this damage gets. Roll the dice. It's gonna be six plus uh, twelve. Twelve total. Nice for level one. That's really not that bad. As you swing your scimitar through, you hear the advice from Petrigor. The mouth's the weak spot, and you watch as it kind of is trying to like bite at these butterflies that have suddenly appeared. And at the last moment, it sees the blade kind of passing through the illusion and starting from the one, uh, the edges of its mouth as it slides out the back of its finned head. Uh, you, I don't know if it's technically a decapitation cause it's not the whole head, but half the head, but we're going to call it a decapitation. Nearly half capitation. <laughs> Safi turns away her head from having to see that. And you watch the body onto the deck. Did you get him? <laughs> Why don't you come up here, Drip, and find out? Did you get him? Uh, Azarbo seeing... Wait, do I, do I see the sharks on the side? Yeah, you can see them kind of circling aimlessly around the edges of the boat. Okay. I love fish. I'm going to take the top of this guy's head and chuck it into the water toward the shark. Oh, yeah. and then, oh that's good. You I'm gonna look it in, and you watch the shark dive down, and then 
three more sharks pop up with guys all riding them and you watch as oh. they kind of are now slowly approaching oh shoot that may not have been the best idea are we still on initiative uh, uh it's kind of we're at a fluid time right now because as you watch them get closer another grouping uh pops up on the other side of the ship <laughs> all riding these different hammerhead sharks uh oh, one of no. them is riding a reef shark a little bit different um and as they approach one turns his head back towards the island looks at the other croaks something out and they all <laughs> back down into the water that was hmm. obvious uh where'd they go uh, I'm not sure if we should give them the bodies back, but I really don't want to keep them. Uh, but it are might they be, all gone? It might be disrespectful if we just dump them over. Maybe, maybe lay them off to the side, put their hands on their chest. I don't know. I mean, it might be disrespectful if we keep them too. I don't know how happy you'd be if <laughs> we robbed Grandma's body or something. But this is a uh, oh, gosh. And Where the heck is the captain? As y'all are having this conversation, God, you hear, God. Uh, uh, something hit the top of the deck towards the uh, towards the bow. And y'all all look, and you can now see a group of about four small boats, two men in each. Uh, the people in the back of each boat, all four of them, have a spear kind of held up in a thrown position. And then each person that's in the front has a large two-handed <laughs> sword uh, a thick blade in almost the shape of a squished hook, and there you watch as one uh, with a band on across his head, teeth, shark teeth, kind of uh, stitched into it, step on to the harlequin. <clears throat> Who are you? And that's where we'll stop for today. Oh my lantern! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Brad. Sweet. Oh my lantern! Lot, lots of information about the harlequin. Um, but she's an important piece to all of this, so I figured y'all should y'all should learn about her. Mm-hmm. I've learned to steer her, apparently. Yes, uh, I would say that after the past few days y'all have had, y'all probably all learned uh, how to to fly the Harlequin. All right. By now, I know all her ins and outs. Yeah, yeah, just three days, and you know it all. Three days of, of exploring. She's not <laughs> she's not too big, but um, she still probably has some nooks and crannies you haven't discovered. All right. Um, with that, uh, we'll call it here. Thank y'all so much for coming in and listening and joining us. And until next time, grab some dice, grab some friends, and roll up some fun. See you soon. Bye. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>